Hey, what's going on, everybody? I'm Jay, and this is the Rewatch Podcast. I watch movies all the time. Then I like to rewatch them, and sometimes I'll even watch them again. It doesn't matter if they're good or bad or just downright terrible. I'm going to watch them and then tell you all about them. And sometimes I'll have special guests join me. This is the Rewatch Podcast. Welcome back to the Rewatch Podcast. I, of course, am Jay Thomas, and this week let's talk double features. Sitting down and watching two movies back to back. It's one of my favorite things. The best is when those movies connect somehow. You know, it's one thing to binge just random things, but I like it when there's something that's connecting them. Maybe it's the actors or the directors, the plots. Maybe they just seem similar. Maybe they're from the same year. I don't know. Something. Some movies just fit better together. And I like to try to pair those movies together. I don't know why. I don't know what it is about me that's like, oh, I wonder if this movie works well with this movie. It's just, it's how I'm wired. I can't really explain it. And honestly, these days, I usually fall asleep during one of those movies. But that's more my problem than the movies themselves. I get up very early, so it just happens. I remember a long time ago going to the drive-in when I was a kid and seeing A League of Their Own. And then afterwards was Wayne's World. So the drive-in, they always play, you know, double features. And those two movies, honestly, they didn't really fit. Also, we didn't stay for all of Wayne's World, so I don't even know if that really even counts as one of the first double features I remember. Um, a fun fact here, I didn't like Wayne's World. I, I only saw like maybe 20 minutes of it, but I didn't think it was funny. I didn't like it. Granted, I'd already seen A League of Their Own. It was probably 1130, almost midnight at that point. I was a kid, probably over my head. Both are great movies now. I love Wayne's World. In fact, I'll probably talk much deeper, more in-depth about Wayne's World in another episode. But I, if you haven't seen either one, highly recommend it. League of Their Own, great. Wayne's World, even better. Love them both. But, you know, as far as double features go, I think we can do better in, uh, in the double feature department there. And to do that, we are going back to the mid and late 80s. 1985 and 1989, to be exact. We're watching, are you ready, Fright Night and The Burbs, which you probably already knew I was going to say that because I would assume I haven't done it yet but this will be the title of the episode. So you have a pretty good idea of what I'm going to talk about. All right. Does everyone have their concessions? Got your popcorn? Got your pop? Ready to go? Good. Because it's time for our feature presentation, Fright Night. What would you do if you accidentally discovered the house next door was occupied by something not human? Something horrifying. Something unspeakably evil. No one believes you. Mom, I didn't have a nightmare. Not your mom. They did kill a girl over there. Not your girlfriend. Charlie, is this some sort of a trick to get me back? Not even the police. Look, I know it's crazy. I know that, but look, Lieutenant! It knows that you know. You'll do anything to protect yourself. But it will do anything to protect its secret. Scared. This could be the night of your life. Fright Night from 1985 and directed by Tom Holland. Again, no, not Spider-Man Tom Holland. 
The other one, the one that we've talked about before, uh, it, he made Child's Play. He was the director of the first Child's Play. Uh, but Fright Night tells the story of Charlie Brewster, played by William Ragsdale, uh, who you might know him from Fright Night or Herman's Head. If you were a child in the 90s, it was a show on Fox. I remember thinking it was funny, but I don't remember much about it other than that. Or maybe even uh, one of the greatest sequels ever made, Mannequin 2 on the move. Or just Mannequin on the move. They're not very specific on whether or not the two is there. Charlie is, uh, is a teenager that lives in a small suburban town. You already got an idea of why these movies might be connected. He has a girlfriend named Amy and a best friend named Ed. Or Evil Ed is what we primarily know him as. Played by Amanda Burse and Stephen Jeffries, respectively. They all enjoy watching an old campy horror show called Fright Night, hosted by Peter Vincent, played wonderfully by Roddy McDowell. When a suspicious person moves in next door, Charlie starts to notice some odd things, and there starts to be some murders in town. They might be connected, who knows? Who is this suspicious person next door, you might be wondering, if you've never seen Fright Night? It's our old friend Chris Sarandon from Child's Play. Uh, He plays Jerry Dandridge this time, he's not a, a terrible cop. He's a possible vampire. Uh, Charlie starts to suspect that Jerry may be, in fact, the undead after witnessing some odd things out of his window, like Jerry and his roommate carrying a casket down to the cellar. That's usually a pretty good sign. A woman about to get bitten on the neck by Jerry. Jerry's oddly long uh, vampire fingers. And uh, a disappearing prostitute. Uh, You know, (laughs) the usual. It doesn't take very long, though, for Jerry to reveal himself as a vampire and threatens Charlie and everyone he knows. Do you realize how much trouble you've caused me? Spying on me. Almost disturbing my sleep this afternoon. Telling policemen about me! You deserve to die, boy. And that is all I'm going to say about the plot. I don't want to really spoil anything. I'm just going to let it go from there. And I know what you're thinking. Spoil away! You've spoiled every other movie you've ever talked about. I get that. But I don't want to ruin it if you've never seen it. Granted, you've had 35 years and it's not really my fault if I spoil it, but... I don't want to spoil every movie I talk about on this podcast. That would be just rude. It's a really fun 80s teen horror comedy. I really like William Ragsdale as Charlie. Uh, He can be super whiny, though, I noticed this time watching it. Uh, But it's fun to watch him freak out. I mean, he does start to kind of go crazy. Uh, Sarandon is great as Jerry Dandridge. He can be both charming and creepy as hell at the same time. Now... This is another thing I don't really, I don't really get. So, Evil Ed, uh, he has one of the most classic 80s horror movie lines, which I will insert here. Oh, you're so cool, Brewster! (laughs) Evil Ed is a fan favorite character. Like, people love Evil Ed. But honestly, I've never been a huge fan. He kind of gets on my nerves. And he doesn't seem like the best person in the world. Like, he seems... It's hard to explain. I just... I never really connected to the character. And I don't really get why people love him so much. Funny side story about Evil Ed, though. Well, the actor, Stephen Jeffrey. <laughs> so, I'm, I'm in my parents' living room. I'm watching Fright Night with a couple of friends. My sister is on the computer uh, playing The Sims, most likely, I would guess. We're talking on MSN. This is how long ago this was. And we're laughing about uh, Evil Ed and just some of the weird choices that uh, Stephen Jeffrey makes as the character. I asked my sister, I'm like, hey, will you look up and see what he's done? Uh, I had to do that because uh, she was at the computer, like I said, and smartphones weren't a thing yet. They didn't exist. There were cell phones, but you couldn't look on the Internet. You literally had to just go to your computer or wonder. This is when things went a little weird. When she said, but Blazers 2, I was like, huh? Turns out the uh, the guy, Stephen Jeffrey, ended up later doing uh, porn. And uh, I had my sister, who was in middle school at the time, 
looking at his filmography, listing all the names. And, and when she did finally say butt blazers to you, I thought, you know, you can stop. I don't really need to. I don't think I'll probably watch many of the other films that he's been in. Roddy McDowell as Peter Vincent. I love him. I, he's one of my favorite parts of the whole movie. I love Roddy McDowell, whether it was in Planet of the Apes or I think the first thing I probably ever saw him in. And this is going to make a lot of people that, you know, our film historians roll their eyes overboard was probably the first thing I ever saw him in. Uh, he played Andrew the butler to Goldie Hawn's character. Loved him in that. Uh, his cowardly actor, wannabe vampire hunter, is a whole lot of fun. And he's great in the part that was originally supposed to be Vincent Price. Like the character was uh, was supposed to was kind of modeled after Vincent Price. And when Roddy got involved, he decided, you know, it'd be fun to play the character as, you know, a, a step or two below Vincent Price. You know, Vincent Price is like this big horror icon. And this guy's like low budget, uh, probably on cable access version of Vincent Price. And I, I loved it. I thought it was great. The weird thing in this movie is throughout it. You know, they meet Peter Vincent because Charlie um, thinks that, you know, he might have some advice for him how to deal with his neighbor, Jerry. He knows, right, that, like, he's an actor. He's a TV host. Like, in this world, are they saying that, like, vampires are real? Like, they know that's a thing? Because a lot of times they're like, no, Charlie, you're crazy. There's no such thing as vampires. And not just Charlie. Like, Charlie and Amy and Evil Ed, they all kind of go to Peter Vincent like, hey, can you help us deal with this vampire situation? I was very thrown off by that, even this last time. The chase at the end of the movie in Jerry's house is kind of corny and silly, but uh, I can't say that I dislike it. It's a lot of fun. Very 80s. The whole movie is very 80s. It's, it, it's pretty dated in that way. Uh, if you've never seen Fright Night, I highly recommend it. It's a lot of fun. It did take me a couple times to watch it. Like, uh, the rewatch podcast, this whole idea, like sometimes you got to watch something more than once, especially if you don't like it. If it's something that's like in your wheelhouse, in the genre of things that you like, and for some reason it doesn't click you with you the first time, I think you should watch it again. Maybe it was, you know, expectation or something that made you not like it. I don't remember why I didn't really care for Fright Night the first time I saw it, but watching it again, maybe once I started to get into more campier things, um, I, I appreciated it and I thought it was a lot of fun. So if you've never seen it, I do highly recommend it. It's a good time. Uh, now... On to our second feature of the evening. All Tom Hanks wanted was a quiet vacation at home. This is what I need, Carol. I, I need this. Welcome to Mayfield Place. A typical street in the burbs. Morning, Walter! Where nothing much ever happened. Walter's dog just took a dump on Rumsfield's lawn again. Until the Klopex moved in. Klopex? Klopex. Klopex. No one goes in. No one comes out. Neighbors from hell. It was a nice place to live. He said he thinks the Klopex are evil incarnate. Well, you're much too smart to fall for that, aren't you, honey? But now... Carol! You wouldn't want to visit there. Ray, this is Walter. No! The Burbs. I'm going over the fence, and I'm not coming back till I find a dead body. Ray, do you want him to take your family, kidnap them, tear their livers out, and make some kind of satanic pate? We found Walter! We got a real problem. I hit the gaslight, I'd run! God, I love this street. Tom Hanks. I think we are overreacting. No! The Burbs. It's one hell of a neighborhood. Hey, honey. I think we should move. The Burbs from 1989, directed from one of my favorite directors, Joe Dante. 
He also made Gremlins, Gremlins 2, Inner Space, The Howling. I mean, he's made a lot of fun movies. And it's a movie about a man named Ray, played by everyone's favorite uncle, Tom Hanks. And all Ray wants to do is have a quiet, stress-free vacation at home. But wouldn't you know it, a strange family moves in next door. And, you know, they might just be a satanic cult. Don't you hate it when that happens? The strange Klopex aren't the only people in the neighborhood. It's filled with great characters like Art, Rumsfeld, and his wife, Ricky, and, of course, Walter. Uh, I love the burbs. And, you know, this movie came out in 1989. I was seven years old. I didn't see it till I was probably in college. Tom Hanks had had been very much an Academy Award winner at that point. Uh, But you know what? Didn't care. I still don't. I love this movie. I think this is my favorite Tom Hanks movie and performance. Now you might be thinking, well, Jay, what about The Green Mile? What about Forrest Gump? What about Apollo 13? I say, throw it in trash. I want the burbs all day, every day. Throw a bachelor party in there, too. Okay, I got, I got a bit sidetracked there because I love this movie so much. Let's talk about some of these characters. Art, played by Rick Dukeman. Uh, he's your typical annoying neighbor that seems to just want to get Ray into trouble. Rumsfeld is the old vet, played perfectly by Bruce Dern. And Ricky is a teen obsessed with the neighborhood played by Corey Feldman. Now, Corey Feldman, when I was growing up, Corey Feldman, Corey Haim, loved the two of them. I I loved their movies. I'll probably, we might do a double feature on the Corys at some point, but I do not care for Corey Feldman in this movie. He is, Ricky is such an annoying character. I feel like he's probably supposed to be like that, and he does kind of get a reduced role a little bit later on in the movie, but takes a little, takes a little time. Now, I mentioned Walter earlier. Walter disappears uh, very early on. We barely know Walter. All we know is that he has a wig and a dog. That's really it. Um, when one of the Klopex comes out of the house for the first time, the whole block becomes obsessed with them. And that's kind of how we get going. There's strange noises coming from the Klopex basement. So the team, you know, being uh, Art and Rumsfeld and uh, Ricky and uh, Ray, played by Tom Hanks again, uh, they start to watch them a bit more closely. They start to pay attention to their neighborhood just a little bit more. One night they witness the youngest Klopex bring out the trash. Uh, Hans, played by Courtney Gaines. Uh, (laughs) The reason I don't grow a beard very much. Uh, I have red hair. He also has red hair, and it's terrifying. Uh, the beard is is very similar to what I would imagine if I let mine go too much, I would turn into. Uh, the trash that they bring out seems very uh, similar in shape to a body. Like, there's probably cut up body parts in that trash. Uh, then one night, Ray see, uh, looks out his window and notices the neighbors, the Klopex, uh, digging what appear to be graves in the backyard. And his son, uh, Ray's son, earlier in the movie, said that he thought that they were digging graves one other time. And then finally, Walter disappears, and the gang starts to think that the Klopex might be involved. And uh, all these things start to add up, and hilarity ensues. Hilarity and chaos. Like I've already said, I really love this movie. It's one of those films that I really think gets better every time I watch it. Everyone is great in it. Tom Hanks is really great at slowly going crazy. And as the situation gets more out of control, so does his sanity. Tom Hanks freaking out has always been something I've really enjoyed. Uh, There's a scene when he gets really mad and he can't really express it. He's trying to stay calm uh, and he crushes cans and then tosses them down. Oh, shit! Stupid edit! I can't believe it! 
All I did was write, I know what you've done. That's all. I didn't sign it. Oh, I can't believe you stupid whining. It's like my favorite way to get angry and show my anger. It's like, he's perfect at it. I love it. Rick Dukeman pretty much steals every scene he's in as the super obnoxious art, constantly egging on Tom Hanks's character. No, no, we gotta, then we gotta go to the market. We gotta get ourselves a couple of those big strings. You know, they string that garlic, a couple big strings of garlic. We gotta get ourselves some fresh lamb's blood. And then we gotta... Ray, do you want him to take your family, kidnap them, tear their livers out, and make some kind of satanic pate? Unconscious chanting. You're chanting. I want to kill everyone. Satan is good. Satan is our pal. Uh, I, he's great. Uh, he has, has since passed, and uh, I really wished he would have been in more movies. Uh, the other thing I, I think of him in is Encino Man. He played the science teacher. Just looked like a teacher to me, I, which... No offense, honey. My wife's a teacher. I don't think she listens to this podcast. She doesn't listen to my regular radio show. Why would she listen to this? Uh, he just has a teacher vibe to me, like a science teacher vibe to be specific. Hanks, Dukem, and Dern together as an ensemble. It's so good. Like, I love it when the three of them are together. Ricky's there every once in a while, but when he's not there, I ain't upset. You know, I haven't really even mentioned the wives yet. Uh, Ray's wife is uh, Princess Leia herself, the late, great Carrie Fisher. Uh, She's constantly warning Ray to relax and not get involved, Um, which, of course, he doesn't listen. She isn't in this movie nearly enough. She kind of, she leaves towards the end. Um, The other wife is Mrs. Rumsfeld, played by Joe Dante regular Wendy Shaw. She doesn't really do a ton either. Uh, but I honestly wouldn't mind seeing another movie uh, with her and Bruce Stern in it together. Uh, maybe it's a prequel. Of course, they couldn't be in it if it was a prequel. But uh, if if they if there was like a, a spinoff or like a television series back in the day that involved those two, I would be all for it. I think it's great. I don't know why they belong together, but uh, they do. There's some really great scenes that involve uh, the, the guys finding a bone in the backyard that may or may not be human. Dinner at the Klopex residence. Uh, a nightmare sequence that's wonderful. And the final plan to find out if the Klopex are, in fact, killers uh, is wonderful. What do we do now, soldier? Well, you heard them say they were going away tomorrow. As soon as that car leaves in the morning, I'm going over the fence. And I'm not coming back till I find a dead body. Nobody knocks off an old man in my neighborhood and gets away with it. Uh, Again, I don't want to spoil too much of this movie, uh, so I'll just leave it at that. Uh, One thing to look for if you do watch The Burbs is there's a lot of people in it uh, from other Joe Dante movies. Like I said, Wendy Shaw is in it. Um, Dick Miller is also in it. He plays one of the garbage men. Uh, He's in everything. Uh, Robert Picardo, who's in uh, Gremlins 2. He's in a lot of other Joe Dante movies. Uh, He was uh, in one of the Star Trek shows, I think Voyager. I think. Pretty sure. I didn't watch Voyager, but I'm pretty sure he was in that one. He was also in The Howling, which, of course, is another uh, Joe Dante movie. Henry Gibson, who is the... uh, the main Klopek, uh, Dr. Werner Klopek, uh, he, he's also in Inner Space, and he's been in a, a bunch of his movies as well. So I've kind of, you know, I failed to even mention the Klopeks as far as like uh, the characters, but uh, Henry Gibson's Dr. Klopek, a really good character that like sometimes seems like he's super nice and gentle. And there are times it's like, oh, you might actually be a psychopath. Uh, he plays, plays perfectly. Um, so, you know, there are lots of fun stuff to watch in the Burbs. Uh, it's one of my favorites. Um, so why, why put these two movies together well hopefully it's pretty obvious it there's a, a there goes the neighborhood double feature i mean it's all about the suburbs uh, both movies have a lot of similar scenes like potential bodies in the garbage confronting the crazy neighbors then seemingly being proven wrong 
Uh, and for sure the setting uh, they're both neighborhoods that I feel like these movies could take place in the same universe same street even actually the Burbs is filmed on the Universal lot and you can see the Munsters house in the background a few times and there's some trees in front of it so you don't totally see it but the roof is a dead giveaway that it's the Munsters here's another weird way that these movies kind of connect um, they might both be in Iowa which is uh, where I am in the beginning of the Burbs they show like the earth and then they zoom way in it's definitely in the midwest it looks i'm pretty sure it's in iowa it could also be minnesota it could also be illinois i'm not really sure but it looks like it's zooming in on iowa and then the reason that i the i'm, I'm saying that uh, fright night is in iowa is that when uh, jerry uh, throws charlie around in charlie's room they crash into an iowa hawkeyes cup so there's another connection i'm saying it right here right now i might be wrong i didn't look it up they're in iowa if you're wondering which ones I preferred, Burbs or Fright Night, I actually do prefer the Burbs to Fright Night because I think the ensemble cast is better and more fun. I'm not even sure the group in Fright Night even likes each other. They all just seem really annoyed and irritated the whole time. And right now in this world that we live in, where a lot of people are working from home, uh, both of these movies seem um, very plausible that you might have some craziness going on. As someone that has lived in neighborhoods that may contain the Klopex or a Jerry Dandridge or two, uh, it's easy to get sucked into both of these movies. And uh, they are really fun to watch back to back. I know this because I actually did watch them back to back before recording this. I just watched them the other day. And they are fun to watch back to back. I didn't fall asleep, which was great. Uh, does it matter which one you watch first? Now, how I did it was I watched Fright Night first, but it probably doesn't matter uh, if which one you watch. I, I would think if you went from the drive-in perspective, you'd probably want to watch the more general audience one first, and that would be The Burbs. And then Fright Night, since Fright Night is rated R. Uh, there's a little nudity in it, not much, um, in Fright Night, not the verbs. Uh, plus, I dare you. I dare you to watch these movies and then not look at your neighbor's house a little bit more closely. There's been a few times I've lived in areas where there was, there was houses nearby that I was like, what goes on in there? Are there bodies in there? I feel like there's maybe bodies in there. But that's the double feature. Fright Night and The Burbs. Watch it together sometime. They're both a lot of fun and I love them. And I, like I said, I love The Burbs more and more every time I watch it. Fright Night, I do too. So that is the first double feature episode of the Rewatch Podcast, Fright Night and The Burbs. I hope you liked it. I hope that you actually do this double feature because it is a lot of fun. Don't forget to like us on Instagram and Facebook. And don't forget whatever you are listening to this show on right now, go there and give it five stars or five whatever it is, or maybe 10. I don't know what the rating system is on whatever you're listening to it on. I know if you're listening to it on an Apple podcast, give it five stars. You'll like it. If you'll, I mean, I think you do. I hope you do. I hope someone's listening right now and I'm not just sitting in this room talking to myself. I mean, technically, I guess I am, but I hope more people are listening than just my Michael Myers action figure and my King Kong that I got in the mail last night. I don't know how to end shows. See you next week. I think the message to uh, psychos, fanatics, murderers, nutcases all over the world is uh, do not mess with suburbanites because, uh, frankly, we're just not going to take it anymore.